Hello everybody and welcome to the UK Packers podcast as usual I'm your host at Steve Diddy NFL on the Twitter box and of course follow the group at UK Packers and look I'm on my own today but I'm glad to be back because minicamp is back way oh Packers football kind of Oh, we got some sound bites. God damn it, we got some sound bites, didn't we? Um, but look, exciting things happening here at UK Packers HQ. Uh, the Razzes are going from strength to strength. And coming up on the Raz, and this is what I will say is, is that everyone always talks about, oh, you know what? And this is the number one thing, number one thing that they say to me, is to say, oh, the Patreon. I was going to get in on the Patreon and then on the Raz, but I was kind of sitting on the fence and I was dilly-dallying and faffing around. Right, if you're going to get in on the Patreon, I would recommend that you get in on it. Um... Now, because I have an Aaron Jones ice white full-sized helmet. Full-size? Full-sized. Um, to give away. It is unbelievable. Uh, it cost a ridiculous amount of money as well. But I've given it away. And the postage will be insane. Especially with the fuel prices. Um, you know, I'd probably be better off getting on Ryanair uh, or Aer Lingus and flying over and presenting you with the helmet. Hemle itself because... What a piece. It's going to be a whopper. But look, it's an Aaron Jones full-size helmet. It's the first time we've done one. Um, and another exciting thing, and I've always prided myself on this, is that the sound quality, I like to think, on AirPodcast is... I'm not going to say second to none because it's not as if I'm a professional organisation, but hopefully you've enjoyed the sound and audio quality, the sound bites, and it's just kind of went from strength to strength in that regard. Um, so the, I'm even upgrading the studio, so I'm getting extra stuff that goes into the podcast and all the rest and video and i'm going to get more videos out uh, to better service and entertain and um, so that's coming soon as well which i'm really excited about uh, and the other thing is and let's get down to the brass taxes here um patreon aside which is patreon.com forward slash uk packers i don't want to sound like i'm selling it but i kind of also have to let you know so if you're on the fence uh, jump on it anyway uh meetups so Obviously, the big one is London, and I unleashed the watch party. So for people who aren't lucky enough to go and get a seat to Tottenham, uh, which is inevitable, right, because they're going on general release, they're supposed to release info on the tickets. I've had people screaming at me, screaming at Tottenham, asking when's the, the ticket news going to come out. I've asked the Packers about ticket news. They don't have any yet for us. Um, So... Look, it, you know, there's going to be a scramble. There's going to be people who you want tickets and you'll pay a pretty penny, and please don't go overboard and spend too much with the touts because what i would say is that look if you're going to spend a crazy amount of money come on our group trip because there's places opened up but before i get there we have a watch party and the watch party as you would expect has sold out so it's the hippodrome it's lola's bar it's exclusively for us the uk packers and it has a capacity of 200 and they sold out within a day and a half and so i have two things going number one is a switch list which is a cool name for a waiting list. But why the switch list is, is that if anybody gets tickets to the game in Tottenham who are booked into the watch party, and if you're one of those people listening, I will work with you to offload your ticket. And it's only a fiver, uh, and you get a free point when you go into the venue. And the only reason it's ticketed is because we needed to hit that 200 capacity, and that's the most we can sell. We didn't want people saying, because people are coming over from the States, and what they do is is that they come over and they'd rock up to the venue and we'd have to turn them away. But what we'll do is the, the fiver that you spend if you're going to the game, there's a long list of people waiting for those tickets. So uh, we'll reimburse you your cash somehow. Um, 
or do an exchange or whatever, we'll do it and you can exchange your ticket and switch your ticket. So you get your money back, you get to go to the game and enjoy it. And someone who's less fortunate and hasn't got a, a ticket to Tottenham, well, then they can come watch the, the game on a 42-foot screen in Lola's. It's got it's just for us. It's just the cheese heads, 200 of us. Um, and it has an NFL menu and everything like that as well. It's going to be absolutely dynamite. And of course, I'm going to bankroll it and, and get uh, merch items and razz them off and all that kind of stuff. It's going to be an absolute whale of a time. Also, we're in contact with alumni players and hopefully there'll be some impromptu signings and interviews and all that kind of stuff going on at the venue as well. It's going to be wild. Now, people have asked what happens after the game. We're going to stay there. We stay at the venue um, and they'll open up the Hippodrome like they do for everybody else. Um, I think it's about 5 p.m. and then you can just sort of stroll on in and all that kind of stuff. So again, only reason that we're selling tickets because we had to hit that 200 capacity and tell them that, you know, that's it now. And we've done that and get on the switch list. So go to the website, ukpackers.co.uk forward slash London and you can uh, pop your name down on that switch list. And when I start hearing from people that, look, I want to switch my ticket, I can't make it, I'm going to be actually at the game, well, hey, uh, well, then all the people that are on that switch list, I'll be contacting you and just saying, look, it's available now. You know, pop your name down, pay the five or ten or whatever, uh, how many people that you, you want to come along with, and we'll get those switched up. So we have a packed room and all the people that go off to Tottenham. Anyway, second off, um, if you're going to spend crazy money to ticket touts, and there's already ludicrous stuff for Jaguars tickets, and who the hell wants to go see the Jaguars? Uh, thank you. Um, so look, if you're going to spend mad money, pocket the cash, and... There's limited amounts of seats left on our Lambo tour. So it's sold out last year and it's sold out again this year. But myself and Ben uh, spoke about it and he cranked open some extra seats because we'd sold up all the the sort of booking on the flights and all that kind of stuff. So he managed to work away. It took him about a week, I think. And he's after opening up seats. Now, they're slightly different plane seats and I think they're like £50, I think, more expensive or £60 more expensive for the for the group trip. But it's like you know, what is it, 1950 or something, um, as it is, or 1995, um, either way, look, it's an extra 50 quid or something, but he's managed to crank open tickets for that, so again, the group trip reminder, it's for the Cowboys, and you can do just the Cowboys package, or you can stay on and watch the Titans as well, which is what an awful lot of people are doing as well, so it's a twofer, which is unbelievable, so look, the trip is super cheap, if you're going to spend, you know, 1200 quid or more to some ticket tout, forget it come to Lambo come to Lambo with us because uh, you'll get over there uh, and that's uh, you know the flight over we're getting a flight to Green Bay as well which is incredible um, you get the game ticket you get the free tailgate which is free food and booze and meet an alumni player before absolute blast and that's all for 1995 um, which is probably 50 quid more expensive but talk to Ben so go to Touchdown Trips go to our website and go to ukparkers.co.uk forward slash tour i think uh but you'll find it look it has its own dedicated menu and its own button so go on there and check it out look um so look i've done the housekeeping right minutes in i like to talk um some really good stuff some really cool stuff have came out some nice sound bites have come out from the packers being at mini camp and yes aaron Rodgers did show up for work uh which is probably the only time that someone showing up for work has made headline news uh you know so look, it's mandatory. He had to be there. The relationship is good. And I've got some nice sound bites for you. But what are the mind-blowing things happened? And we kind of took the PP on our last podcast and said OTAs are gas. And we had a thing of Matt LaFleur cranking one out, right? He did a little fart, right? But that's the thing. Most of these interviews and most of this press stuff is just a load of cliches, you know, and the reporters just won't stop asking, how excited are you? Look, the answer to that is going to be very excited, right? Every single time. You're never going to go, how excited are you to work with the new players? And he goes, ah, they're all shite and I'm not really looking forward to, to be honest. I'd rather be home. 
having a curry. Look, they're going to say, oh, I've been excited. So that's the type of cliches you get. But Sammy Watkins, a guy who's sort of bounced around the league, is a first-round pick, and yes, you can go off on that. I can't wait for him to catch a pass, Marin Rogers, for all of the, the clickbaity tweets to come out and go, oh, well, he's done it again. He's gone to a first-round draft pick. So look, this guy's career was was seen to be, you know, limitless. The potential was unbelievable, but the injuries were common. And that's what the media said, and that's what his stats say, and that's what everyone said when he got to Green Bay. But talk about being aware. I mean, Sammy Watkins, unlike, you know, any real sports interview of an actual active player, came out and literally mirrored exactly that. Take a listen to which is gold dust i mean this is stuff is unicorn um in the interview uh, sport world here's sammy watkins with a dreadfully painful uh, honest kind of inspiring interview answer i think my my i told the coach my back against the wall you know my my career haven't been what what i projected to be and um it's a great opportunity for me to come here play hard catch a ton of balls um compete at the highest level and I'll win games, um, you know, and, and fight to stay healthy. Um, that's been the knock on my career, stay on the field. And uh, I think it's the best place to stay healthy and um, stay on the field and catch a lot of balls. Talk about hitting you in the fields. I mean, brilliant stuff from Sammy Watkins. You know, a part of you that the sort of cynical, skeptical side might say, look, he's saying that because he knows what it's like. Uh, he was talking about that he got fat sitting on a couch at home thinking he wouldn't get a shot again. You know, but the Packers managed to pick... Do you know what? The Packers and, and Goody are kind of becoming the new Belichick, if I'm honest. You know, getting these players who are bona fide superstars, or were supposed to be, getting them at a point in their career where they feel like they have something to prove. You know, because look, if you look at Sammy Watkins, you know, you ha I think you have to go back to his second year in the league, which is the only season that he had over a 1,000 yards receiving. You know, the, the guy was on everybody's fantasy team. You know, he'd a big, probably a big ego, you know, and a lot of stuff touted about him. And here we are, you know, and it's it, the, the money that they got him for was ridiculous. Um, now, now you might say, yeah, he's lucky he's constantly injured, but they're going to have sort of, you know, incentives in his contract if he plays. Um, but just painfully uh, difficult to hear, I suppose, talking about someone saying, look, I, you know, I kind of wish it'd work out better. I'd expect it not to be injury, which is what people say about me. And it's nice to see that sort of awareness. But this is one of those things like Devondre Campbell where, you know, his career was tipped to be something. Now, Devondre Campbell, again, is not even in the same stratosphere of the expectations that was placed at Sammy Watkins. But Devondre Campbell, pro bowler, unbelievable performance. And seeing that, you know, sometimes with these older players, because they'll keep the young lads and they don't want to go to Green Bay. And Greg Jennings was on the podcast, Humble Brag, and he was talking about how he didn't even know where Green Bay was. He didn't want to go. It was too cold. There was nothing to do. So you're talking OBJ in his prime. Green Bay's not the place that they the players say themselves they want to pick. It's too quiet. You're too focused on football and the job and all that. But it's perfect for this mature player who wants to redeem himself. Particularly if you're in the craft of receiving balls and you have Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback. I mean, talk about the best tool to to give you that. And look, the thing is, is that the Packers, it's from the outside anyway, don't look like they need to depend on Sammy Watkins, despite the fact that LaFleur came out and said, you know, that Watkins could be a massive part of this offense. And I truly believe that if he was to stay healthy because he has all the right tools set. I think the thing was, is that he was never an underperformer based on his ability. It was more that his injuries just sort of kicked him in the butt. So with Sammy Watkins, he could be a massive player here. And the fact that we're able to get him and his... You know, his self-esteem is at the point where he's like, I've got something to prove here. Incredible. It's like getting a Ferrari out of the garage and going, 
you know, dust it off. Hopefully it'll do well. Now I know he's on the back end of his career and it's not he's not like one of the young lads. He's not going to be a Tyree kill, but just you can't sniff at experience and then also that kind of drive, the same drive that Devondre Campbell had, which brought him to the Pro Bowl. Now look, he can get injured and that sort of sidelines everything, but he's aware of that himself, which is the comment that I saw floating around online that Rodgers was talking about his receivers and he mentioned Watkins and he mentioned Lazard and he mentioned Cobb. And then people are like, oh, well, there he goes again. You know, he's only going to depend on the veteran receivers and he doesn't even mention the young guys. Yeah, I mean, obviously, because why in the world... First off, he doesn't know these guys, the Watson and Dobbs, which is spelled Dobbs, uh, Dobbs and all these guys. And he says it as such, you know, when they start asking him questions about the new guys, like, how excited are you? I'm very excited. I'm so excited. God damn it. Um, you know, with these young fellas, he's not going to mention them because he's not going to put that expectation on the rookies so with Rogers' career yes that is the case you know that he goes for the experienced guys because they routes are better they know where they're supposed to be he's got rapport with them if they've been on the team for a long time um, so yes he's not going to go to the rookies in, in that stage and as well as that if you go and say oh well Watson's going to be a superstar player as Pete says Dobbs is going to be sneaky good and then all of a sudden they're like, oh, well, why isn't he throwing it to him? Because we, look, we saw that to a small degree and there's some jokes in here, but about Jay Coomero, you know, he was an experienced guy and Rogers absolutely loved the guy. And of course, it was all those snidey comments coming out about that when they let him go. That was the straw that broke the camel's back. Anyway, um, you know, so he talks about uh, those guys, but like, you know, this, this, the whole deal though, this is what we were saying about first round wide receivers, which I have to take care of when I say... You know, when you look at the likes of that, I mean, they're not expected to do a whole lot in year one anyway. And Kumaro was the, the it guy, but then he was on the field for a ridiculous amount of snaps which just never got the ball. And then people started to wonder, well, why, why isn't he getting the ball? Are they not designing that for him? Are they not going to him? Does Rogers not trust him now? Is he not good actually on game time? Um, but look, the thing is, is we're at a far different place now because we're talking about Rodgers, who seems to name-drop veterans and not rookies, which is completely understandable, and it's actually great leadership. But look at this time last year, when he was dipping out, and there was all these snidey comments. He wouldn't even talk about Brian Gutekunst by name. You know, there was all these sort of innuendos and all that kind of stuff. So I think, again, and I've been saying this for a while now, and it came out of the horse's mouth, if you will, um, kind of the less said about horses, the better. But, you know, Rodgers name-drops these people now and gives them the credit. So... Let's listen to what he had to say and uh, see how he gave the front office credit and names drops these people because it is a world different than where we were at this time last year. Look, some conversations had to be had and I'm happy they were had and, and I appreciated the honesty. There were some very uh, direct conversations and uh, I, I haven't really shied away from conflict uh, during my time here. Uh, because I feel like it leads to a resolution that's usually uh, positive for the organization and for everybody involved. And I'm not saying it was hand-to-hand -hand conflict or combat. It was uh, some just some real serious heart-to-hearts. Uh, and as someone who loves this franchise so much, I felt like it was important to share my uh, opinions about certain things and my vision for how this place can continue to, to improve and get better long after I'm done. And I give... Uh, Mark and Brian and Russ a lot of credit for uh, that time and those conversations and the relationships changed for sure. I mean it really did. I, I saw some really positive things with everybody involved. It wasn't like this uh, you know in a relationship and and your partner's telling you that you're the cause of all the problems. It wasn't that wasn't what I was doing. 
there was there was a lot of uh, issues and potential solutions, and I'm very proud to be a part of the solution, and those three especially were a big part of the solution as well. Now, look, the thing about it is, is that it really sounds like Rogers does love Green Bay, but I, look, there's an awful lot of old manish stuff going on, I think, as well. You know, here's a guy who's been in the league for as long as he has. He's in no mood to move somewhere different. He can play at an MVP level, but like he's aware of LaFleur's influence and the fact that the way things happened the way they did, and I always talk about this sort of like golden era of circumstance where, you know, he had leverage, they had leverage, they they hashed it out, kind of looked a bit ugly, uh, but then eventually it all came back together. Like, all those questions that people did ask were warranted about, you know, if you do go elsewhere, will you have it as good? You know, if you're talking about wanting to go to a winning team and don't want to rebuild, um, well, you're going to get what you want elsewhere. Like, what team is going to afford you with not having loads of young lads improve yourself again? And there was all this talk about, you know, in his personal life, he'd rather be on the West Coast and it's sunny and, you know, sort of like a Florida retirement home, if you will. But look, credit has to go to the Packers for pulling this thing back from the brink. But also, I think Rodgers, there was a bit of bluff and bluster to it too, which is why he sort of comes out and says, look, fair play to them. It wasn't all of me telling them what they were doing was wrong. Um, But it's completely different now. I mean, and that goes without saying, but obviously, you know, Rodgers is in the mode now, I think, where he's locked in. We don't know how much he's locked in for, but this is his response when they asked him, was he going to retire a Packer? Which I, when I saw the headlines, I just sort of, fobbed it off and said like what else what is what is he gonna say it's like when you get Robbie Keane and Annie jerseys kissing the badge and I've always dreamt about being a you know Scunthorpe United player since I was a kid but this was his answer which was pretty emphatic so do you, do you think you'll finish your career here yes definitely so yeah look it wasn't one of those sort of waffly answers um look he was sure about it and it makes sense because when you look at his contract and he said as much himself you know it isn't the extension that he signed. There's there's sort of a get-out-of-jail-free card there. And I think for him playing ball, the Packers will be willing to let somebody die as well. But he doesn't know how long he's going to play for. This could be the last year. Um, which is why every group trip we've went on, like last year and this year, it's kind of like, you know, as long as he doesn't get injured, touch wood. Um, you know, this could be the last time you see Aaron Rodgers in a Packers jersey. But asked about how long he had left or would he retire or what's he's thinking... Um, and the, I just think the sound bites were good. You know, we've been kind of starved the sound bites. But anyway, this is what he had to say when he was asked that question. I would never say that publicly. Um, yeah, I've, I've never been one to want some sort of going, going away season or anything like that. Um, and plus, I don't think it's fair to the mental state at the end of the season and thinking how you feel. If you say I'm for sure playing two more or three more years and then you have a magical season in with a championship and think that that might be the best way to write off. You know, I don't want to commit to something. You say I'm only playing one more year and you have a bitter taste in your mouth and still got the drive and the passion to play one or two more years. I just don't want to get pigeonholed into it. So I'm focused on this season. Um, I'm never going to drag it out in the offseason. The conversations I've had with Brian have been very honest and and, and direct, and that's not going to change. And and we'll sit down after the season and hopefully after a championship and – and figure out what the next step is. Amazing. Yummy, 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 yummy. So look, how comfortable are we now? It was just edge of the seat stuff. We had reporters in the know who came out and said, look, he's not back. There's no way he's back. It's so broken that he's not coming back. And now not only is he back, and he's reassured us that this is definitely it, which of course makes a ton of sense because he's seen retirement. And I think this was also kind of a bluff tactic. 
And he was sort of saying like, look, I'm not scared of it anymore, really. Um, so amazing. And now he says that he's going to be back and he's going to assess it and it's all going to be internal and all that kind of stuff. So we can rest assured that obviously the Packers are not, the Packers are not going to trade him um, or do anything funny. And, you know, he feels the same. And we know the fact that if he has a good season, he's going to play in, you know, until he's crap, I guess, like what he said. He doesn't want to be a bum, as how he put it, behind the line of scrimmage. But the guy's coming off back-to-back MVP seasons and, you know, talk about the intrigue of seeing what he can pull out here. Now, Matt LaFleur did talk about, you know, he didn't expect to put Rodgers in on every drill for minicamp and just to get him in the building and all that kind of stuff. But he was pretty much out there the whole time because he's in great shape. So is he going to do a Tom Brady and go into his, you know, early 40s, mid 40s? I don't know. I don't really see it, to be honest. I think Rodgers, this is Rodgers' kind of farewell tour. Um, I don't know if he'll go that long. I, I always thought Rodgers would retire sooner rather than later. I thought he would retire kind of suddenly almost. But because of all the drama and the you know, the back and forth with the front office, it kind of makes the process a little bit more transparent where we know now at the end of every year it's going to be a sit-down and a quick decision. Um, I think that depends on Roger's family life as well. Um, You know, I think if he's ready to settle down and if he wants children or sort of a more sort of steady life without being the guy, because he talks about there's an awful lot more to being the quarterback than being the guy, but then he'd make that decision and that's really, really realistic apparently for him now. Um, you know, if sort of the narrative that we see being pushed out there is true and that, you know, that's what he values. And I mean, it's a narrative that he pushed out himself. You know, he spoke about he's got engaged, which ended, unfortunately. And, you know, he spoke about wanting to have kids and raise a family and stuff. And look, we all know all the dads out there, all the moms out there know that when you have kids, it does bode better for you if you have them when you're slightly earlier, just from an energy perspective. Uh, the only thing is, is that Rogers obviously is not going to have to, you know, raise kids and have a proper job to get out there. He has legacy money, which is great. So he can actually spend time with his family. But yeah, it does bode better for somebody when they have energy. But a quarterback, uh, back-to-back MVP in the league, I don't think lacks energy, but it's a different type of energy and patience, if you will. Uh, you know, you might be patient and sitting in the pocket, but certainly when you have kids, it's, you know, less about pockets and more about trying to get them to put their damn shoes on. But anyway, look, I'll, I'll park the podcast there. It's brilliant to be back. Uh, there'll be a bit of a, a different sound imprint, I would imagine. Not majorly so, but hopefully keeping up an even better quality of audio when we get down into the podcast studio next week, which is going to be great. So look, jump on the switch list because I'd absolutely love to see you there. Uh, come on the group tour, ask any questions, throw me a DM to at NFL, or of course, you'll find me at UK Packers on any social mediums. Um, and jump on the Instagram, I'm pumping out some reels there, so I'm getting some kind of funny Packers video to kind of tie us over till the season starts. Um, and I've found some nice gems on there as well. But anyway, look, as always, it's fantastic to do the group. It's brilliant to hear from you guys. And it's sort of picked up lately as well with the Packers coming to London and everything like that and all the exciting stuff that we have and meetups and, you know, COVID falling away and the you know, attitude with the front office being better and the sold out tour, which is now up for grabs with more places. And, you know, it's bigger and better with the patron draw where, you know, I'm giving away full size helmets and stuff. So, you know, it really is going from strength to strength. And it's all because of you guys that listen and support and, and interact on, on social media and stuff like that. And, you know, look, we're the largest organic fan club in the UK. And, you know, it's just because Packers people, for whatever reason, just tend to be amazing, both on this side of the pond, in Europe, of course, and, and you know, our friends over in Wisconsin as well, absolutely beautiful people uh, that have come out to see us. So look, 
from myself at Steady NFL, a big thank you. And we're going to keep this thing going. And from at UK Packers, I'll talk to you next week.